elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, and it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with us on the show this week. Comic book writer, brand new to the scene, Mr. Brian Hulbert. He's got a cool new book. It's called Astroic Initiative, for which the Kickstarter launches today, August 29th, 2023. During our conversation, you're going to hear about how this episode you're listening to was supposed to be posted yesterday. Well, I'll tell you why it wasn't, kids. Because Fan Expo Canada 2023 turned out to be one of the most insane and epic adventures I have ever experienced. Oh my god. Sketch duels, panels, parties. I have so much to report back to you. Uh, but we'll do that on a future episode. For now, I want you guys all to meet uh, a really cool guy and uh, a, a huge comic book fan uh, alone. And uh, he's written a book. Kickstarter, like I said, starts today. So uh, after you listen to our conversation, please go check it out. And uh, if you feel so inclined, you may want to support. Uh, it's Guy's first comic. Let's make it happen, y'all. Uh, so yeah, be back with you soon for some Fan Expo Canada goodness. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Brian Holmes. So it's Brian Hulbert, yes? Yeah, like the hull of a ship and Bert from Sesame Street. I don't know if I've ever heard that name before. Um, yeah, it's not the most common. I get Hubert a lot. I get Hubert a lot. That's what I thought it was at <laughs> yeah. first, to be honest. And then I took a closer look, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the most common name. That's definitely for sure. My my dad's family's like old English, eighteen twelve type of stuff. Just been here forever. Right on. So, That's rad, man. Where about yeah. you from? I'm from uh, like Scarborough, basically East York, St. Clair area. Technically, East York, uh, or sorry, Vic Park, St. Clair. Technically, East York. Okay, right on. But, so like, you're, you're a Toronto kid then. Yeah, but I grew up, most of my cousins lived out in Ajax, and I spent a lot of time out there. And then my my grandfather had this cabin, has this cabin up north, where we spent like most of our summers. Nice, whereabouts? Uh, Like Muskoka, near uh, Port Carling. Oh, Price nice. Bridge area. Yeah. I grew up around, uh, our cottage was uh, in Baysville. Uh, oh yeah. What yeah. was it near a lake? I know I know the lakes better than I know the actuals. Uh, it well, it was Grandview Lake. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is a tiny, tiny lake. Not a lot of folks know it because it's so tiny. And it actually went through a name change for some reason. For for like a couple years there, they changed it and they called it Clearer Lake. Clearer Lake. Yeah, it was it was weird I know, to say. I know clear clear clearly lake. Right. Which is yeah. which is a really hard one to say. Yeah, it was so odd. And I think yeah. uh, people were unhappy enough that they switched it back. So I know it's back to Grandview on the maps yeah, now. Jesus but Christ. uh yeah, no, awesome, man. You know, that's where I first discovered comic books was my parents buying me comic books for the drive up north. Yeah, um, for me it was my uncle. When oh, I was yeah? growing, yeah, my dad's brother, like he he'd be at the cottage too. He had three boys, so like I grew up with them, and he had this chest, like he had bins and bins of comic books, but he had like this wooden chest of like comic books of Marvel from like the seventies to like the 
early early 90s like he had like spider-man 300 and he had like captain marvel 25 and like you know a lot of a lot of avengers lots of uh lots of wolverine not so much with the x-men that i remember but like stuff didn't make it but he always had that like tickle trunk of of comic books Dude, and every rad. every time he'd come up, he'd bring up a bunch of new ones, and then so just there would just be comic books sort of everywhere. Oh, and that's uh, amazing! Oh, it was really cool. My cousin now, um, he's a he's a big comic collector. I was for a while too, and he basically took over his dad's collection, put them all in like proper bags and boards, and then went and filled in the gaps in the various runs he has. He's got like he's got all of Steve Englehart's Silver Surfer. He's got the entire Thor run by Simonson. He's got, uh, I think he's got the Inglehart Captain America run as well, and the Inglehart Doctor Strange. He has the Jungle Action Black Panther. Like, if you can think of like a, a classic, like man, that's a really good one from like the Golden Age of Marvel. He's he's probably got it. Like, he doesn't have like this the Ditko Spider Man stuff or the Stanley right. Spider Man, but like anything like from the seventies onwards, he has quite a lot of uh, like Claremont and uh, oh my god, what's his name, the X Men run. John Burns? Burns, John yeah, Burns, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So it kind of runs in the blood. Then you got a yeah. family of comic fans. Yeah, my dad was never. My dad's a, a real science guy. He was. He's like. He like. He likes Lord of the Rings and he likes Thor comics. And that's kind of it in terms of like fiction for him. Okay. Otherwise, he's like he's reading like popular magazine for kids and like. So like when I was growing up with him, he worked in tech, so he would just have all this like old broken ass computers oh, right. i would just you just bring them home i take them apart and i put them together and sometimes they work and sometimes i didn't so it was just always like he, he's much more technical he's not a huge like story guy he doesn't go right. to movies what era as a kid were you were you an 80s kid 90s kid? Oh, i was i was a hardcore 90s kid like i have the entire when i got into comic collecting when i was you know everyone you know you grow up in a period you're like oh yeah i remember this and then you start reading at some point mm-hmm. and you sort of backfill from when you started to what you picked up so like for me it was brian bendis's avengers okay uh wolverine spider-man in the same book easy sell like spider-man in the avengers like i always love spider-man but when i was a kid when i was like five and seven i loved the clone saga because i thought scarlet spider was cool so around the same time the new avengers was coming out and again like the annihilation the cosmic stuff was a huge thing i loved like that's probably my one of my favorite story stories starting with like keith giffen's annihilation and then Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning take it all the way to like the Thanos imperative. It's just it's awesome. I get a little bit yeah. jealous of the '90s kids who yeah, got like, introduced to that stuff because not only the comics, but you guys had all this great animation coming out. Oh man! Like in yeah, the 80s, like I got into it with the Spider-Man cartoon, and the '90s was such a huge thing for me. I actually wasn't allowed to watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid, though. Oh really? Yeah, my mom was very like uh, that. You like her big issue was Storm because she's just. You know, she's a superhero character. She's just very tall and she's got very big boobs. And I was like five. Oh, my mom's so like, no, you can't watch that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man yeah. was okay. Cause like Mary Jane's wearing a sweater all the time. There's no real female characters. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Things were cleaner. Like we growing up, all yeah. I had was like super friends and like, mm. you know, and in the eighties we were still riding out the sixties spider-man cartoon you know yeah, like that's, yeah that's all we had and then in the 90s things just exploded all over all the medias and comics yeah got yeah huge again and no a really glorious time well the bit the best thing for me like from a reading perspective like marvel basically died in in the late 90s so by the time i was like because like, i'm born in 1990 so like in 2002 i'm 12 and i start getting into comics between 12 and 14 which is right when they sort of start being like 
okay, we're not bankrupt anymore. We the movies are starting. We now have to sort of re- reboot the comics. So it really it feels it's one of like the first times you get like everything rebooting. Amazing Spider-Man for the first time reboots to issue one. Right, I think right. like 2001 with the J. Michael Straczynski run. Yeah, yeah. And then that leads into like the other, which leads into the uh, Civil War and all that stuff. And and with the event comics and the way they did it, it really felt like things were happening again. Like like back in the good times in the 60s when like Peter Parker graduated, went to college and then you know did all these things because you know, it sort of starts with Bendis and Secret War, and then he breaks up the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And then he puts in the new Avengers, then that does the House of M to sort of give the mutants back their diminishing return status. Because when there starts to be millions and millions of mutants, the question of like, how are you oppressed? You shoot lasers out of your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of comes up. And it's like, look, if there's Starting a million to get of to you. Be the other way around. Yeah. Right, like if there's a million people who shoot lasers out of their eyes and, and there's, you know, <laughs> half a million that don't, I'm not sure how that's working. Right. Totally. Uh, so it sort of gave X-Men that sort of the, that's its own thing. But I've always felt like X-Men, it really feels like Marvel, DC and X-Men, like they're all they're rather independent of each other. Like lately they've been mixing them up, but especially since Fox owned like everything to do with mutants and that scandal over Darwin being in the first class movie. Yeah. Yeah. uh, They just sort of like, they, they siloed it off so hard for so long. It very much, it to me always feels like I've been into everything with Marvel, but I only recently got into like reading old X-Men comics. Right. And it, I don't need to read anything else, but like I've had to read Daredevil to keep up with Spider-Man properly since like 1980 something. For, for definitely for certain, yeah. certain periods there, a hundred percent. So, so you're obviously a huge fan. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> I can talk about comics for hours. I got to keep you on track here because we need to talk sure. about your comic. Right. I got that so just here. Being a fan for years, you've finally gotten to the point where you're just like, I want to do it myself. Yeah, that's it right there. A stroic initiative. That's the that one. Right? Yeah, right a stroic initiative. So uh, yeah. how'd this come about, man? Um, I mean, the, sh- the short answer is I needed something to keep me sane in the pandemic. So okay. I got that Marvel Unlimited app sometime in 2020. And I'm like, it's got everything. So I read every Spider-Man and Fantastic Four comic ever written. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, that <laughs> took a year and a half. And I was oh just sort of like, God. oh, just chip away at it. That's amazing, like, dude. Yeah. So and then I, I've then I've slowly sort of. I still that basically I read everything Marvel read from the period that I started, which is what I was sort of telling you at the beginning with like secret secret war and it sort of ends around siege and the heroic age because then it sort of reboots and goes back to normal between that window you have this incredible transition of like normal superheroes and then superheroes are sort of bad because of the the civil war and then iron man's the new nick fury and then the secret invasion happens and now norman osborne's nick fury so the superheroes are the fugitives and the villains are the good guys and then it all sort of comes back to with Siege. And then at the end of Siege, now Captain America is Nick Fury and all of the bad blood between the like basically everything gets reset. Everything it was back to like you could like at the beginning of where it was. Right. So they sort of do. The, so I read everything that came out between those two windows because that's what I sort of grew up reading. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I really, you know, and you needed something to do, right? I know a couple of people who like learn a language. Jeez, yeah, yeah, people did some nutty stuff, absolutely. So coming up to the end of 22, uh, I'd basically sort of read everything on my hit list that I really wanted to, and the DC app wasn't out yet. It came out later in 2023. Since that one's come out, like, 
man, I've been digging into Green Lantern, but I'll stay on target, which is like, <laughs> I didn't know I needed something to do then. And I've been sort of like, I've always loved creative writing. I have sort of a chest of about six ideas I've sort of been cultivating and working on because it helps me to think narratively when I'm working through just stuff in my own life. Okay. So a really helpful thing, you know, a lot of people say like write letters to your, like write letters or, or journal or something. Yeah. My solution was to sort of like fictionalize events in my life that happened as if they were in some fantasy world and then sort of basically describe them in Duplo blocks to okay. make them simpler. And then that just sort of, like by doing that enough times, I sort of had a world where I was doing it in because different settings helped with different sort of emotional maelstroms, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I got you, yeah. And one of the ones I was working on was just this this sort of fun idea where like, you know, back in my younger days, I was big into cosplay. So I would dress up and do the conventions and we would always go up to my cottage with, you know, me and my buddies and their girlfriends and we just, you know, party. And one time we did it, we brought like a bunch of cosplay props. We made it like Titan's Vacation. <laughs> and we just had this funny idea when we woke up the next day, kind of really hung over. Like, what if what if a bunch of dweebs like us woke up the next day with superpowers? And I'm like, that's really cool. That's a cool idea. And for that, I sort of developed this, these like power sets, which are based around like the fundamental forces of reality. Like I was trying to think like, what if you had, what if, because what if you had like six Dr. Manhattans on a super team? Because normally it's like the Justice League if it's a really big fight, Superman or if it's Avengers, Thor gets punched to the back of the episode or the back of the issue so that the rest of the team can deal with the big, scary monster. Right. But what yeah. if you couldn't sort of punch the guy? What if everyone was sort of ridiculously overpowered like that? And, and the question was less like, how are you going to do it? But like, what if people had that sort of that sort of power? And I know when, when you start, start talking like that, everybody starts thinking like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. It's called Watchmen. You should read it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've read Watchmen. It's amazing. No, but that's not the same as what you just described. You know, you it's, it's very similar. Man, six different yeah. Manhattans is a whole other issue, right? But the idea of like, what if superheroes were real? Like, you know, from, from Batman Begins to the to Watchmen, we've seen various versions okay. of that. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really like that idea because that ends up with like the whole realism thing. And like, you know, I you. agree, man, that can go too far sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I don't want shit to be real, you know? Exactly. And especially after reading, like, I would highly recommend anybody who's got the time, like the Kirby Ditko Fantastic Four, especially. It's not, nothing in it is real. It's, it's, it's just incredible. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> and it's explorative and it's wondrous. And it's, it, it's sort of like if anybody's ever read Jules Verne, it's very similar to like um, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Sure. Or uh, the mysterious island, that sort of that sense of wonder. So I, I, I want to focus more on that concept than the sort of the realistic element of it. So it's not so much getting bogged down in those those gritty questions because I feel like there's just a bit too much grit in things these days, and I, I want something more colorful. Like a, a real big inspiration for me for this was uh, was Thunderbirds. I'm not sure if you ever watched yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, because, I agree, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. Bring some bring some light to the world. And uh, yeah, that was like the marionettes show, wasn't it? Yeah, with the puppets. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because the other thing is like, especially when I was a kid growing up and re and was watching like the shows and reading the comics, especially because like I, I sort of like I overlapped. So for a while when I was a kid, I only had that 60s Spider-Man cartoon. And then the 90s one came out when I was like four or five and it was the coolest thing in the entire planet. Yeah. But I remember watching that old school one 
And I'm like, why does Spider-Man always stop muggers? I've never seen a mugger in my life. Like, I grew up in a nice neighborhood in Toronto, like, fair enough. But, you know, it, it always sort of, and I'd read a comic book of, like, Superman catching this purse snatcher, and I'm just, it always struck me as weird. And, and then as you grow up, you realize, you know, like, the superhero as it exists was made in the 30s, where those were really big problems. And, yeah, characters like John Dillinger and, and crime on the streets, a real issue. And then even again, like, in the, in the Marvel boom in the bullpen era, all those people writing comic backs that comic books back then were like not living in the nice part of town. And the nice part of town back in the sixties and seventies was really not nice. Yeah. And so, I know like, a lot of people were taking influence from what the movies they watched growing up and yeah. had a certain idea of what crime and burglary was and that kind of thing. I want to step back for a second though. Yeah. Uh, about what you mentioned about using the writing in that way. Um, you know, just to clear your head or figure out your thoughts sure. or, or work through life issues because it's it's a fantastic technique, I think, in general. And I love the fact that you're kind of using comics to do it and you didn't really even have a huge intent that of like to do anything with it. It was the exercise itself, which I yeah. love because, you know, people like that, like, like I'm big on mental health and yeah. I think it's an important thing and journaling and creative writing can go a long way and it's just it's it's an exercise of the mind you know it's like like every machine needs a tune-up you know that's why it's good to go see a therapist once in a while but you also got to make sure that the oil's flowing and the engine's running and you got to start it up once in a while so um did that like was that something that you just decided to do one day and kind of worked for you did you receive Uh, that as advice or like have you just always been creative writing as like an outlet for your brain so this is probably the most embarrassing thing I'm going to say, which is when I was really young, like when I was like 14, 15, I was really into like the in the old Halcyon days of uh, MSN groups. You okay. would have like role play sites where you would play one character and someone else would play the other one. Now, these were meant for kids at the time. Like it wasn't kids Internet like we think of it now it was the olden Internet. But like it was very much run by teenagers. And it was just you know you'd play one side of a character one play well, you'd play one character they'd play the other and it's sort of like turn-based storytelling and i did that for fun throughout high school and just really enjoyed it and then when msn groups sort of went down around sometime around the time i ended high school so somewhere between 07 and, and 2010 uh i just never found i just sort of fell out of it because i found drinking basically yeah, I, <laughs> I started kind of went yeah. to college and i you know yeah. I just didn't, I was either playing video games or I was out doing something stupid. Um, and it's, so for a while, I just sort of stopped. And then I, I had real bad mental health issues. Well, sort of when I went away to college, I was never a good student. And uh, for some reason, without my mom and dad telling me to do my homework, I just didn't do it. And <laughs> it didn't work out for me uh, the first time I went. So I, I went back home. I started to try and find work. And I was just, had lots of available time and was just stressed. And I had nothing else really to do constructive, but it didn't really start until I sort of kind of got my life together enough. Like there's sort of, in order to be creative, you sort of have to have like enough to stand on. It's kind of hard to be yeah, creative no, when, feel, you, yeah. when you can't like, like it's like, it's not that I ever went hungry, but like you can't, you can't think straight when like you can't see straight. Yeah. When you're, when you're distracted, it's, it's next near to impossible. I feel you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So once I sort of had a good trajectory in my life, I, I finally sort of figured out what I was doing with a career. I figured out, you know, what I was doing for a social life with the cosplay stuff. It just sort of picked up again. Awesome. Um, And 
for a while, I, it, when I was sort of like 27, I sort of had a bit of a like, what am I doing? Because you sort of have the checklist of right. what you want in life. And at the time, I didn't think I wanted kids. So I was like, okay, I'm at the end of the chapter, at the end of the book. Like, now I'm happy. And I wasn't. So I'm like, I need to do something. So I tried a whole bunch of things just to try and figure out like what I wanted to do. I turned a couple of those other sort of settings I developed in that, in when I was doing that exercise into like novel ideas, but like, I don't really read novels. Right. So I sort of like, okay, well, if I want to write a novel, I should read some. So I started reading some, I read a bunch of like Star Wars expanded universe and Halo novels and awesome stuff like that, where I'm like, it's technically a novel. Uh, I went back and read like Chronicles of Narnia and a couple of like highly recommended oh, sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. So it's again sort of a continuation of the the comic book thing. Like it's just um I really hated learning when I was a kid because like I hated school and I sort of associated the two. Right. But once I was like far enough away from it, I'm like, actually I kind of really like this stuff. This is all new things. These are cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Things you just end up diving into. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. towards the end of 2022, when I was like, okay, I've read all the comics I want to read, what do I want to do? Jody, uh, who's my roommate at the time, was like, why don't you try and write one? I'm like, huh. And I've been sort of like pussyfooting around, like working on a novel. Do I want to do this? Because I knew at the point I sort of wanted to do something with storytelling, but I hadn't picked what. And I just got a promotion at my job. I'm like an IT guy. I don't want to say any more than that. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, and I got a promotion. So I was making a fair bit of money, a fair bit more money than I was before. And like with pandemic being on lockdown, I know I'm not spending the money I used to when I was going into the office. So I sort of sat down and did the math and I'm like, you know, if I, if I, I'll make this much more, I was going to just put into savings. What if I just spent it on like investing in myself for a year? Cause I was like the turn, I just turned 32. I was like, all right, what if I, you know, just, just put it all on, put it all on black essentially. And I sold uh, a good chunk of my comic collection that just happened to evaluate like appreciate because i collected from like i said in that time period Damn. yeah and there were just a bunch of like it was mostly honest god like amazing spider-man jay scott campbell covers was i think half okay. the value of what i sold because i had all of the ones from when he did that in on the brand new day run and there was a couple of other like I said, mostly Spider-Man stuff. Like I picked up the Spider-Man Noir when it came out, which turned cool. out to be a thing. You remember back in the 2000s when they're like, yeah, don't bother collecting comics. It'll never be worth anything because they print 12 million of every issue now. There's no scarcity. <laughs> yeah. And then like 2008, the MCU happens and now everything's through the roof. Yeah, yeah I remember too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I did that and I hired this incredible artist. Uh, his name's Zip. Uh, he's got a longer name than that, but I'm going to butcher it if I pronounce it out loud. In pretty okay. much everything we put out, um, his name is attached to it. He does all of the interior art. Uh, he designed all the characters. He designed all the characters that didn't make it into the final cut of the of the initial script. Uh, he designed the this cover, the sort of the, the base cover that I've been selling for the last year. Um, what and, made you decide to actually put it out? Like, I know Jody convinced you, hey, write a comic, but uh, and that inspired you to do so. But when was the moment you were like, you know what? I think I'm actually like going to go all the way and print this shit up. When we finished the concept art. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, I don't know about you, but or how you do your creative stuff. But for me, I'm a very visual guy. So writing stuff in my head gets to a point where I'm like, OK, I can't go any further because I can't see it. Like, it's, it needs to solidify. So I had to I had to hire the concept artist 
to to basically design the characters because like okay i know they have these powers and there's their suits are designed to sort of augment them and 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 how this works but like i need to, i need to be able to see what they look like okay before yeah. i can go any further so I, like i said i sold the comics to sort of make that money up to just be like okay let's do it they've just been sitting in my closet i haven't read them in years and now that i have the app i can just read them whenever i want so the only comics i need to have are like the issues that matter to me personally like certain runs sure. yeah like like bendis's new avengers or abnett's nova run like i have the whole thing i'm never gonna sell it but certain spider-man runs you know eh. yeah i feel you so i sold that made the money then i made the characters i was looking for artists for a really long time and i had narrowed it down to six that i liked and i'm like okay i'll give you each 80 bucks to give me a, a design and whoever whoever's i like the most will work out a full contract and we'll do the rest. And I gave each of them a different character. And by the time, and so Zip was the not only the first guy done, his submission was, it wasn't a sketch. It wasn't ink. It was full color, completely okay. done, head to like maximum effort all the way in uh, of the of the character G-Force. And it was basically exactly what we went with. Uh, I think in his initial design, there was a hood or he didn't have sleeves but those might have just been alterations he made later but essentially he hit the nail right on the head on the first one and that's basically was our entire process i would sort of give him some notes about the characters in terms of like story-wise like there's a couple of characters where they're like their costumes are obviously very reflective of their characters but i had certain ideas of like what i wanted them to resemble and what yeah. i wanted them to feel like and i would basically give him those those notes and then he would be like what do you think of this and i'd be like oh my god it's perfect this is great you know there were one or two changes on just about everybody i think particularly solara and warhead the the sort of big gray and green guy and the red and yellow glowing girl uh took the most sort of back and forth because there were a couple elements to their costume we just couldn't get and then uh one of the characters is my personal favorite i'm not going to say just who that is right now but <laughs> i was i was very sort of obsessive about that one's costume so i was like no this has to be like a little bit higher no a little bit lower because i i sort of knew that one the yeah. most in my head well it's cool that you found an artist who's willing to work with you to that extent to yeah no, make sure they catch that detail where did you find him uh so my i'm my, my buddy of mine makes content on youtube and we kind of fell out of contact uh, just because pandemic and then when pandemic was lifting up i sort of went to see him like hey let's get lunch we got lunch and he sort of recommended uh you know check out these facebook groups and i had deleted facebook a couple years ago because it was just bad for my mental health essentially. oh i hear you i got off for um, a while myself but yeah. i picked it up in 2020 because i picked up the ever uh responsible hobby of action figure collecting <laughs> yeah and uh, facebook marketplace is sort of like one of the best places to just snag good deals on those yes it is so I, I picked that up basically for that reason so then i signed up to these uh you know artist collaboration groups and that's where i met zip and once we finished the concept art um i was like you know i i i had the story that i wanted to do i was sort of thinking of doing it as a novel but now that we have the art i'm like no well, what if i did it as a comic book well i sort of sat down with him and i said how much would it cost to do this and we agreed on a contract where i would basically pay him like 500 bucks a month for a year to cover the cost and he would do everything from pencils to line work all the way up to lettering Damn, the whole i think I, I think i think lettering was sort of calculated separately but like everything up to colored pages at the end 
he he took care of and for a while it was it was a lot of like i'm gonna do this for me because it's the pandemic and you know at the end of the day even if nobody buys it this is a comic book that i wrote sure and not a lot of people get to say that no and i'm I'm incredibly proud of just being able to sort of get that far so even if it sort of bottoms out and i don't do any more with it i'm pretty excited but i've also you know you should be super proud, man. You, um, yeah. got, you know how many people like want to and talk about it and never actually do. Well, that that's know? just it. I was sort of, I was sort of like, okay, man, you read all those comics. Like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, you know, right? I, you- and like, it's sort of like the and then statement. It's like you did all this, and yeah. then what did you do? Well, then I kept doing it. Okay, yeah. Dude, uh, this is the twelfth year of this podcast. For the oh, past wow. twelve years, I have been interviewing comic creators of all sorts shapes and sizes that's cool and i got to this point of after 12 years of doing it where i was just like you know what i'm the just i i gotta do it now it's been enough i've spent so long talking to these kids it's about time i did it my damn self so just last year my or i should say you know the beginning of this year uh i wrote a three-story arc and i wrote three books and they're off to the editor right now that's and, awesome. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, man. Cause it's the same thing. Like, since it's not like my main, you know, occupation or yeah. preoccupation, uh, there's no rush. I got no time frames. I got no publisher breathing down my neck. I can do yeah, this. I got I a can, job. I'm yeah. happy. You know, I'm set financially. This is just a hobby. A, a big part of it was also like, I was super, I, I've sort of come in and out of comics. Like I said, there's, there's sort of those arcs where everything changes and it's cool and dynamic. And if you like it, great. But eventually it's going back to zero. You know, like Peter Parker had Parker Industries for a while and he was a billionaire and he was Tony Stark, essentially. And then he sold his company and now he's back on Aunt May's couch. And it it always sort of goes back to zero. But once those sort of like time bubbles finish, I do like to sort of get in and go, okay, how do they do it? And one of my favorite ones of those was the new 52 right when it was finishing up. And then when it finished up and went to rebirth, I loved that. But then I very quickly, when they started, basically when they made the Batman Who Laughs, yeah, and they're like, "This is the greatest thing ever. Let's just overdo this." And I'm like, "Okay, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on." A little bit, yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I was, I'm, I'm Batman out just to start with. Like, I like Batman. I like Robin more, and people can cool. call me crazy for that no, or whatever. Man. But yeah. like, I'm just a little bit like Batman. To me, is the least interesting thing in Batman, uh, with the exception of like Denny O'Neill's Batman, where okay. he's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So like. When they started being like, yeah, there's a bat- evil Batman for everybody and evil Batman Joker. And you just kept coming back. I was like, OK, so <laughs> a, a sort of a, a motivation for me was like, I haven't really gotten back into comic books since that happened. I've, I've sort of dabbled. I see I stick my head in like what's going on. OK, the X-Men are on Mars and the Titans are the Justice League. And I'm going to wait till this finishes and I'll come back. <laughs> <later>. <laughs> and it's, so I'm just like, OK, you know you know i talk a lot of shit like i talk a lot about comic books you know if you're going to talk about it long enough you're like okay well this is this is how i think you should do it you know i kind of went the other route a little bit because like right when i started this podcast just after just after we started this podcast me and a friend is when the new 52 started oh wow and i loved it not all of it there was a lot of nonsense but there was a lot of it that i really liked i felt it was long overdue for a shot in the arm mm-hmm. it, gave, it gave whatever you like of the stories it gave the industry itself a huge shot mm-hmm. in the arm right like and looking uh, back the new 52 turns out to be a great idea yeah and um, i love and i loved it what, and then what were honest, some of your favorite it, books during it 
Oh, Justice League. The uh, Justice League was so good. It was so good. Uh, Aquaman was great. Aquaman was also good. I, of I, course. It's cheating to say Green Lantern and Batman because those two didn't get interrupted by it, but they were also really good. Yeah, I know, but the Snyder Capullo run was yeah was pretty classic. Court I was, of I was, was a big so good. fan of all of that stuff. I and really like the Red Robin redesign, even though yeah. the, Titan, the Teen Titans comic was absolutely awful. And uh, yeah, and uh, then then when Rebirth came around, that's when I kind of fell off a little bit. And the uh, Titans run by Dan Abbott wasn't quite was as amazing. interested. And I took a little break recently there. And I did the same thing a few years ago, actually, uh, after Disney bought uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sold because I, I had a huge Dark Horse Star Wars collection. Right. And it just didn't mean anything anymore. And I'd read it all. And I was like, I don't need to hold on to these. So I, I let them all go. And I did the, kind of the same as you. I have a much more specialized collection now. Just the yeah, comics like, I These are the ones that matter. These yeah, are the ones, the ones that, like... You know, I want to have. And like you're doing, it's so amazing that now one of the comics on your shelf is your very fucking own. Yeah, that's... Right? Like, I've got on, it, man. like, that's, on display that's... in, like, three or four places yeah. in my house, and I'm just like, yeah. As much as you have described a bit to us, give us kind of, like, sure. the elevator pitch without spoiling too much. Oh, the elevator pitch without spoiling too much. Um, Like a general idea of the story. What's happening? Uh, general idea of the story. So the general idea of the story is that the heroes are trying to understand where their powers came from, and they've identified this strange substance that they're calling irregular matter. And on a mission to try and identify a, a source of it and get a sample, they're interrupted by an earthquake. Uh, and the team instantly realizes that there's a bunch of people in the local town, and they have to abandon the mission and shift the parameters to help save the town from the earthquake and the majority of the team is on board with this but there is some resistance because Mm -hmm. the motives for why the team is after this irregular matter and why they're wanting to know about where their powers came from come from different sources of motivation and as the story goes on that's really the the tension in the book because like i said you have six dr manhattans um there's nothing they can't really handle and then the book's set up in such a way where like their their powers very much work together in okay. a very synergistic matter ma- uh, fa- fa- ugh, in a very synergistic way right so as long as they can cooperate and work together there's nothing they can't really solve but fundamentally why they're doing what they're doing isn't their goals are aligned for the moment but for how long you know that sounds so, rad man i like yeah. it yeah yeah that definitely sounds like a cool way to go you got a lot of so what I can do for you right now, uh, I can give you a preview of the Kickstarter because it's ready to go. It launches in a week today. So I don't know when this is going up, but we're recording it on the 22nd. August, August 29th, it's releasing, yeah. you said, right? This is August 29th, seven this days. This is going to go up the day before that. Okay. Because uh, this weekend is, as I should mention, Fan Expo, Fan Expo Canada. Um, when you're listening to this episode, it'll have literally just finished yesterday, and I'm sure I'll be done from my plethora of sketch battles that I have to host over the weekend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so pay attention, kids, because there's going to be lots of cool fan expo stuff coming up. But Brian's Kickstarter here for a Stroic Initiative, it launches on August 29th, but it's already live. Yes, as far as... Uh, 
the page, right? You can get notifications. Yeah, you, 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 and you can stuff, sign yeah. up and say like, "Let me know when it's active." It's, yes, I believe the, they the say. preview is live. The, right. The Kickstarter right. goes active in a week, so I can give you a, here if I if I can figure out how to do the share screen function on host disabled. Can you enable the share screen and I can show you the, the uh, Kickstarter preview? Uh, uh, or do we have to pay for that? Uh, I think I can share with you, but I don't know if you can I share. I can't go with, the other way. I don't think we can go the other way. Hold on. All right. Oh, wait. Hold on. Now try. Yep. So. Okay. Here's what I'm looking at. So you get preview sneak preview the first five pages oh that's gorgeous yeah it's beautiful yeah Yeah. we don't have any of the words but this is the sort of like i was telling you they arrive look at that i will put all this stuff i'm umming and awing uh online in the links to check all this stuff out kids and this art is powerful it's super cool colors and these characters look rad man so that's the sort of the first five pages and now we've got a bunch of different ways that we're sort of um you know selling it off there's the standard digital if you want to just get the issue on your tablet it's a pdf it's 10 bucks canadian the retail issue with the cover by the interior artist zip uh 15 bucks and it comes with a playlist of the music i was listening to when i was doing all the script writing because oh, i cool. tend to just put things on loop that's a neat otherwise idea. i get distracted yeah. No, I like that. Um, it shows your influence. Absolutely. Yeah. And then this, this is sort of my, my little oh, favorite, that's cool. favorite thing. So this is homage cover. Exactly. So Love I, was, it. I was telling you about the, the Titans, the run in uh, Rebirth. It's based off of the issue one of that cover, which was one of my absolute favorite runs. So you're Love a big it. Titans Robin guy, eh? Uh, Titans, I like Kid Flash the most, but like, I just love the Titans. I don't know what it is. Young Justice is probably one of my favorite TV shows. I love the Titans show growing up. I think I've read like when I got when the DC Universe app came out, that's what I read. I read all right. of Teen Titans. Do I you enjoy just, the show, the current I, show? Uh, Teen Titans Go. I love like my no my the little, the live action Titans. It's it's a bit gritty. Sort of the same problem we were talking about earlier about like the overly focus on realistic as opposed to embracing the sort of the wonder of it. Yeah, uh, I can feel that, but I have enjoyed it. I have to admit, I've, I've is, definitely uh, enjoyed parts of it. I like Doom Patrol a lot more. Doom Patrol, I'm oh, I'm that's really a super liking. fun show. Yeah, that's super a great fun one. show. Yeah, no, it, it's like I said, it's good. I'm, I think it's just the contrast of I enjoy Doom Patrol so much, and it's that it's got one that. episode though, the Batman episode, which ends up being just the dream and Dick Grayson's yeah. head. When when Batman starts murdering people and shit, that episode mm. was fantastic. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty crazy, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just great. Batman was so vicious. I didn't like the guy they ended up casting for Batman. That was, was kind of weird. I like the actor, but yeah, the mm. odd choice for Bruce Wayne. Absolutely, yep. the making of a stroic initiative. Yeah, so if you, in here, we got a we got a lot of stuff. So. Jody, who, who we both know, Leah runs uh, Chaos mm-hmm. Pixie Media. Mm-hmm. She did all of the the graphic, not not all the graphics, but like she put everything together. She did most of the graphic art. Looks great. Sort of basically makes it look like a professional thing, not not something run by a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. So she she designed this concept <laughs> art booklet, which if you get anything, so if you get the the homage cover, it's sort of the the Kickstarter exclusive. Like I'm not selling this anywhere, but Kickstarter. If you get this one, you'll also get this PDF, which comes with detailed notes and sort of concept art of the costumes, how we made them, like the decisions we made, and like notes for me and the artist about why we went 
in That's different fun, directions. Man. That's yep. cool. Yeah. There's also this background that can, you'll get as well. Like these are PDFs, like the day, the day yeah. where the for funded and it closes, everybody who sponsors anything over 25 bucks gets all of this stuff. Gorgeous. And now this is the really cool thing. We have six unique covers for each of the characters. Okay. With their own little variant package. So these are the six characters. We got Volt, G-Force, Solana. So do, you, do you pledge per, like, do you pledge for a different cover? Do you just get sent so a different you, so cover? So you, you'll, you'll pledge for whichever cover you want. Okay. Whichever character gets the most pledges for their specific cover, that character will feature in the A story of the next issue. Ah, okay. Yeah. So whichever Smart. of these characters you like, if you want to, if you want to see more of them, like the costume designs buy their cover pack and then the next issue that comes out that's a really smart year, way of like gauging the popularity of your characters and seeing what yeah, people i can't like, i can't take full credit for that my editor uh danny gory pointed that out once oh I, danny's editing this yeah danny's okay. the editor Yo, geez, yeah so that's, he that's cool i made all six of them so i i made the comic book i got it printed in april and i'm sort of like i did this for me and then I sort of like, okay, I'm now I want to work on the Kickstarter, but a local comic shop called Sidekick Cafe, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of my mother's like, hey, they will host local comic book artists. So we talked to them, we arranged a date and a bunch of pe- bunch of my relatives came by and I ended up selling about 80 books. And I took that 800 bucks from selling those books and I used it to get all of these different variant covers made again for me because I wanted them because sure. I wanted a poster of a cool sure. pose of the six characters. So then we got the slip, we got the slipstream cover. And we got the uh, rewind one now. And each of these covers is made by a different artist uh, with a sort of different art style, which I'm really happy about. They're beautiful. So They're yeah, you can get work, each man. one of those is you'll get that. You'll get the, the specific character. You'll get the basic retail cover. So you got two, two comics and all the digital goods for 35 bucks Canadian. And then after that, we've got the packages. So if you want to get all of them, you can get all of them. Uh, if you want to get everything, Plus, like every single cover we do, not just the six variant covers, uh, you'll get all of that. And I'll write you a, a personal note and I'll <laughs> give you a call when I'm working on the next issue. So you can give me your feedback from the first one. And then if you really, really want to support the thing, our highest tier, you'll be drawn into the next there issue. There it now. is. That yeah. Is so we only we only that have three of those because there's only so many, you know, faced characters I can fit in an issue. Well, of course. Yeah. So we got uh, three spots. If you want to be in the next one, uh, you can be a guest star in the next issue. And we've also, uh, I guess this is going out the day before I can show you this stuff too. So we've got some stretch goals if we can sort of go further. So we're just asking for 1500 because that'll cover the print run. You'll pay for the shipping on top of that. And we're off to the races. If we hit 2000 bucks, we got trading cards with classic 90s design, notes on the back, character stats, all that good stuff. There's going to be nine of them in total, and those once look we cool hit, too, man. Yeah, once we hit uh, our our goal, every hundred bucks over, we're going to reveal one of the other cards. So your your first goal pre uh, stretch goal is just fifteen hundred. Uh, yeah, that's all oh, we're asking for. Yeah, kids, yeah. you can make that happen in a couple fucking hours for Brian. That's what we're here, thinking. Kids, exactly. you get out there and you make that shit happen. So if God we get damn. this, everybody who orders the Kickstarter exclusive or one of the hero support variants is just going to get a pack of nine trading cards in their package. No, everybody gets it. The next one is the sticker packs. So this is an example of one for rewind. Every hero support gets a sticker pack of the character they picked. So if you bought a volt cover, 
you're going to get Volt stickers. If you bought the collector pack with all of the covers, you're going to get all the sticker sets. Right, right. And then that's at 2,500. And then if we hit 3,000, we have these art prints with stylized titles for the characters based off of the variant covers. Uh, Those are cool. They look kind of retro. Yeah, they're designed to look. They're designed to look more like classic covers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the the difference in art style, uh, specifically between those two, those were two of my favorite ones that turned out. Yeah, no, those um, look great, man. So yeah. again, whichever character you get, if we get to three thousand, you'll get a packet. You'll get everything you you originally ordered, which is the two comics, the concept art PDF, the playlist, and the background. You'll also get a pack of cards. You'll get a sticker set of your character, and you'll get an art print. And then also, as we as these things will be unlocked, there will be like a bundle you can buy. That's just like. I want all the stretch goals. That's a great deal, man. And then, yeah. And then at the mm. bottom here, we've just got a bit more, bit more on the sort of the cast of the characters that you're going to be meeting with the sort of masks off. Because one of the big things for me when we were designing the costumes was to, to keep in mind that idea of like, okay, if, if, if you were a superhero starting up now with facial recognition and satellites, like you're not keeping a secret identity with anything short of a full face helmet. Right. Yeah. So as yeah. a result in the first issue, everyone's wearing a full face helmet so you don't really get to see who everybody is so we thought we wanted to show you all exactly who everybody is before we get into the next issue which is much more behind the mask about who these characters are whereas cool. in this one we really wanted to showcase what they can do and nice. what their what their existence sort of means it's a nice clean kickstarter man yeah yeah the art's beautiful the story sounds interesting Colorful so, yeah. and fun and adventurous. Well done, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. You made so a goddamn comic book. I did. <laughs> and with the help of my friends, I've made a pretty damn good Kickstarter. There's going to be like a three-minute video and everything. Fun. Um, are you doing yeah. anything? Uh, are you doing it yourself? No. Like, again, very good friend of mine uh, goes by the name Scope Dog. He's just sort of started editing videos to sort of make YouTube for himself and I needed it done, and he volunteered, and he's he's done an amazing job. Awesome, man! Awesome! Yeah. I'm so happy for you, dude. This is yeah, I'm, so cool, I'm, right? I'm I'm really excited, but like I'm as excited as I am nervous. So I want to simultaneously like run around screaming, and then I want to throw up. Hey. So at the moment, I'm just sort of like holding my breath <laughs> until next Tuesday right. when it goes live. At which point, I will exhale and then inhale so deep I won't breathe out until it's funded. <laughs> nice uh, so uh i'm sure I, I'm, you'll be I'm fine, super man. excited i really am i got fan expo this weekend are you coming um, yes i'm going i'm not i'm so i didn't get a table i tried to get a table this year but i didn't get one um but i am going on the saturday see a bunch of my old cosplay buddies a couple of my friends are getting uh photos with darth vader okay nice so that'll be cool but uh mostly for me it's uh there's a couple of key comic book issues i want to find uh for my collection because i just display them like high art in my house because they are and there's a couple of action figures particularly some target and walgreens us exclusives i'm hoping to hunt down nice nice yeah. i just i just recently attended an event called may the north be with you oh yeah which is an elite star wars retro toy collecting event and uh they actually had a few of the prototype boba fett's there Oh wow. Yeah, I got to handle them and like look at them and shit. It was it was incredibly exciting. It's a it's a super cool event that they put on. But uh yeah, if you're there on Saturday, make sure that you drop by the comics panel room then in the uh south building and say hello. Yeah, and, I'll do my uh, best. Um know, we can meet yeah, apparently but... again face to face. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll definitely do my best to to swing by. Yeah. I 
I have a girlfriend I'm going with, so there's an itinerary that I'm not aware of. I completely understand. You're going to do what you're told, and it'll be the right thing to do. Uh, our mutual friend Jody will be there. Uh, yeah. She's working with Cosplay for a Cure. Uh, yeah, for, she is. She weekend. manages their uh, media as well. She has not yet announced, or I think completely... Well, I, we're still talking like it hasn't happened. Mm. It's already happened. But at this moment that I'm recording, I'm unaware of what her lineup will be. Um, no. We were chatting about it earlier, and I was trying to encourage a little Mara Jade uh, Skywalker to show up this week. I've heard rumors of like maybe Mara Jade and maybe Black Widow. Oh, because I had heard maybe. Domino as well. But really, all I want to hear is Mara oh, Jade. Oh, I may so. have heard something about yeah, Domino. Yeah. Well, I've definitely heard something about Mara yeah. Jade. Well, we'll see how that works out, kids. Yeah. But either way, if you're at the show, or if you were at the show, I hope you had a good time. Um, but otherwise, that means tomorrow, from when you're hearing this, tomorrow, the yep. Kickstarter for a Stroic Initiative launches. Goes live at 10 in the morning. 10 a.m. Pay attention. Uh, give us all your handles, all your social media and such. Uh, Where can people all... find your things? So primarily, like we're we're most active on Instagram because again, it's just cool art, and it's Astroic Init. So A S T R O I C underscore I N I T. It's the same on Twitter. It's the same on Facebook. Um, that's about it. We're gonna put together an email list at some point, but at, at the moment, the plan is fund the Kickstarter, mail everything out. And then I'm going to go hibernate for about three or four months <laughs> and write the next seven scripts. And then the plan is next year. So in 2022, um, I, I sort of got the issue made. And then in 2023, we, we just sort of built the Kickstarter. Right. So the goal is next year to write a comic and do a Kickstarter in the same year cool. as opposed to one year each. So ideally, right. around this time next year, we'll be talking about issue two's Kickstarter starting up as well. Very rad. Very rad indeed. Uh, and when that does happen, make sure you come back to tell us all. Yeah, about man. Certain, Love to. You know? uh, very cool, Brian. It was awesome to meet you, man. I am so yeah, excited. It's always cool to meet someone new who is uh, kicking the ass of their dreams, making them come true. So good on you. Anytime you want to just talk about comic books, I have. Hey, dude, you want to come back and talk some oh, Titans, some rock? I can, I can talk about whatever anytime, you want. Man. Just anytime. let me know. Anytime. Sounds like you can rip on it. So oh, uh, I'd I... be happy to do that, sir. Happy to do yeah, that. Yeah, I love talking. <laughs> comic books man literally anytime you want thank you so much for having me on of course uh, this, this my is a lot pleasure. of fun very cool all right yeah, kids man. uh that's tomorrow august 29th the astroic initiative a kickstarter be there uh support canadian comic book kids that is all we are gonna have this week on an elegant weapon Peck thanks guys